Hello there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast. For mid-November, the subject today is Fallout 4. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Fallout Tactics. Um, I'm uh, Jason McMaster, and uh, other than just seeing my Marianne walking away, uh, my game of the week is not uh, screw it, Fallout 3. Hmm. And this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not the Terminator Future Shock. Oh, so sad. That was a classic Bethesda, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. So, that was that was, I played the I played that game a lot when I was a kid, actually. God. So what we're going to do today with Fallout 4, uh, a couple of things. Uh, you might be playing Fallout 4 and you haven't finished. We're, we're going to be careful about spoilers, but uh, we are going to be talking about the game uh, as if we've gotten a little ways through it. Uh, and we're going to... all. If, if you don't know yet how many factions there are in the game, this might be a spoiler. Uh, if you do know how many factions in the game, basically if you're about halfway through, the, if you've made some progress in the main storyline, we're not going to spoil anything for you. We might talk about some missions, but we won't be too specific. Uh, so this is basically a podcast for people who haven't finished it yet. Um, uh, also, our format, we're going to each bring three things we think the game does well, three things that we think it does uh, doesn't do well. Well, basically, three things it does right, three things it does wrong. Uh, so, so there you go. Please stick around, listen. If you haven't gotten very far in Fallout 4, go ahead, get out of here, come on back. Our podcast will still be here when you've made more progress. Um, so uh, let's start, McMaster, mm-hmm. with you. By the way, McMaster, uh, someone sent in a fellow named Fortitudo. He sent mm. in uh, a list of nicknames using a, a random name generator. Uh, some of which I thought would be good for your your various characters. Um, oh, okay, cool. Here's one. I'm just going to start with a couple of uh, Oozpecker. Oozpecker, okay. Oozpecker or uh, or Ass Swimmer. I just want you to consider those mm-hmm. two names for uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Like you want you can have one of those if you want. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've got no, no. I've got a whole different name generator. This is one that I think you. I, I just was like, yeah, McMaster could appreciate some of these. I'm I'm good with my names. <laughs> Like, I'm not one of those guys who gets to that point in the character generation. Like, okay, what do you want to name your character? And then I have to sit there for 15 minutes and think of something. I've already got in my back pocket just dozens of cool names, McMaster. Thank God. Dozens, yeah. Dozens. Uh, uh, variations on uh, for MMOs of Sarah Palin and Palin Lover 69, etc. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> Speaking of things wrong with something... Nick, why don't you start us off by giving us one thing that you feel Fallout 4 does wrong? We'll, we'll get to the love fest part of the, the podcast shortly, but Nick, give us one thing you feel it does wrong. Oh, the whole introduction for me. Interesting, because I feel one of my things that I think it does wrong is the post-introduction introduction, which we'll talk about in a second. But Nick, what is your problem with this mm. weird, different... Uh, unique introduction. What's your problem? A lot of people, I imagine, love this. Yeah, I, I, I think it's an interesting idea to start the game pre-war, uh, give you a little slice of life of uh, you know your player character. Um, I, what I didn't like about I, it is I I don't I don't think they were successful at all in establishing any kind of emotional tie to anything. Um. 
you know, something happens obviously later that, that kind of changes uh, everything. And I, I, I didn't get a tie to anyone <laughs> that I'm introduced to. Like I didn't care. I'm just like, whatever. I kind of feel like they're just using, and I don't mind this. Uh, they're just using as shorthand, something that everybody would understand. And that's a, a nuclear family, husband, wife, baby, right. go. Uh, and it's kind of, it, it is shorthand, but I was, I was okay with that. And, it, it does feel a little underwritten. I mean, they're all placeholders for the most part because, you know, are you going to be the husband? Are you going to be the wife? They don't know yet at Bethesda. They're going to let you pick one or the other. Um, but I did kind of appreciate how visually it was very pre-apocalyptic. Um, I loved the little dialogue with the salesman uh, as this insight into, hey, here's what here's a little glimpse of vault tech. Um But, uh, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, it doesn't – it certainly doesn't do too much to earn – uh, to to earn your your caring one way or the other, I guess you you kind of have to provide that yourself, don't you? Yeah, I mean I, the uh, you know the whole build up with the with the baby, <laughs> I guess. It, it, I mean, I get what they were going for. They even have you go back there and you know try to calm the baby down or whatever at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought like, yeah, what? Get me out of here, like. <laughs> Just get started. What am I? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think. I mean, it it definitely wants you to identify with this idea of like a refugee uh, caring for a child. Like, uh, it, it's trying to build establish that. Um, yeah, McMaster, did the intro work for you? Uh, I was fine with it. It didn't really. Uh, you know uh, what I thought of was, thank God it's not it, it's you, the hero of Kavach, or any of the other dumb Bethesda shit. Like I, I like I'm not riding in a damn wagon. I don't have to run from a dragon. So I totally do not care about that. So yeah, I mean, what a, it just totally didn't matter to me one way or the other. So here's one of the things that I thought the game did wrong, and that was, as I mentioned, the post introduction introduction and the the format in a bethesda game is you've got some sort of intro like this in this case it was mm-hmm. the pre-apocalypse uh in in the case of like uh many of the the elder scrolls games you're down in a dungeon uh, and you get mm-hmm. to the sewers and you escape uh fallout 3 you're going through was it vault 111 i forget the numbers but you're you're in the vault with your father and you grow up in the vault um new vegas what in new vegas i guess you just wake up after getting knocked out or something. Uh, but at any rate, after the basic introduction, there's the post-introduction introduction that's a characteristic of all Bethesda games that use these engines, and that's where you first emerge from the dungeon or the sewer or, the, or whatever, and you see for the first time the engine really at work. You know, you get this amazing view of the world once you're out in the sunlight, and you think, oh, man, that looks awesome. I get to go out in that and adventure. Uh, so do you, do you guys remember that moment in Fallout 4? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Because I over the lip. Yeah, because I don't remember it because there's nothing. I mean, it's just it's a drab scrub forest. Oh. You just see this, <laughs> and it, it doesn't do anything to inspire enthusiasm about the engine, much less even the, the game to come, which is a little misleading because later on, when you get to some of these urban landscapes and you see what the engine really can do. Then I was blown away. Then I was like, whoa, you know, why didn't it show me this at first? Because uh, some of that stuff is spectacular, but you would never know from that first view of a scrub forest. Um, so that's something that I feel it did wrong is it should knock your socks off when you first walk into the world. 
and it didn't work for me. Yeah, I will say that, uh, you know, Fallout 3 did have that moment where you, like, walk out of the vault and you look down on, it was, like, the schoolhouse and, like, all that stuff. And it was just, like, really cool looking. Yeah. But I, what I think it really comes down to is that the size of Fallout 4, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but the size of Fallout 4, it's, like, a lot larger. It's almost harder to get a lot of stuff in the in the view uh, unless you're in, like, a main s- section of the game because they had to put, like, so much forest and stuff around. However, that's not an excuse for it. I'm just saying that's the reason I, I imagine that... Well, McMaster, I definitely had a few of those whoa moments when you yeah. get to the top of a tall building, for instance. Right, right. Uh, when you're looking down on those city, like Like, you think when you're down in the cityscape, you're like, oh, it's doing some tricky cheats by only showing me a little bit at a time, hiding most of the geometry. But then you get to the top of a building, and you see it's all there. And that's those are some, um, you know, they're later in the game, but those are some amazing, whoa, moments that, uh, and ultimately it's a minor thing. Because, you know, you're going to play the game. They don't really need, they've already got your your attention. but I just kind of missed that first. I remember when the vault is opening because they, they make a big production out of how complicated and huge those doors are. Uh, they get, okay, what, what am I going to get to see? What's going to be my first view? This is going to be super yeah. awesome. You know, this is this is where they really hook you. And nope, it's just a sort of a, it's a, a little dippy forest kind of in a valley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but- the, the, uh, the, the real disappointing thing is if you are like me and you turn around and walk the other way. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't do that, Nick. You're at the edge of the map. You're in a corner. <laughs> because, yeah, you're already up in the corner of the map, so immediately you get hit with the, oh, uh, yeah, you can't go that way. Right, yeah, yeah. Invisible walls, go the other way. Right, yeah, exactly. Nothing to see here, sir. Please turn around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> McMaster, what's something that, that you think it does wrong? And again, so, but uh, these things aren't necessarily major. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. my little introduction fumble, not a big deal. Some of these are minor, some are major. McMaster, what's something that you think Fallout 4 does wrong? Uh, The least offensive to me of the things that it does wrong is kind of the most offensive at the same time, which is the Vats for Melee characters. What? Um, That's that's something I have right. Oh, for Melee characters, for Melee, yeah. What do you think in doing a, a, a Melee character in a Fallout game, McMaster? This is a world of guns. It's just my – I love it. I mean, you can't get better than, like, a Power Fist or, you know, a Super Sledge or, you know, the Death Claw Gauntlets, all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. But anyway, um, my real problem is that with Vats, with the guns, it's awesome. You can aim at whatever and, you know, blah, blah. It looks so cool and everything. With Melee, you still don't get to target body parts. You just still swing. And I know they probably have some stupid reason for it, like, oh, blah, blah, we'd have to do this or that. It's not really an excuse. Because he did launch a bunch of, like, kind of stupid shit, too. So, you know, just work on melee vats. That's all I want is, like, good melee vats. And uh, it just bugs me. It is kind of a holdover from what they do with, like, Skyrim in those games, where it's a lot of fumbling around with a sword and a shield, and you're just sort of whacking at things. And there's none of that... Yeah that cool, gratifying precision you get with a gun or a bow in, in the various games. Well, yeah. and, and of course, one of the biggest issues you're going to have is that they have a, like, realistically, they have a horrible, like, melee system uh, as far as gaming goes. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't even know why you're doing it, McMaster. What's the matter with you? Uh, I don't know. Are, <laughs> are, are you playing a melee build? Oh, yes, very much so. Um, 
playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it's a lot of fun actually. <laughs> but, the, uh, but it's just the Vats part is the only thing that bothers me. But right. I mean, overall, yeah, they do not have um, the strong uh, melee. You know, I mean, shooting. You know, their gunplay is fine, of course. But I mean, they still have to use Vats, though, and they make you. But um, it, it just. The, it's such a simplistic system. They, it, it's it's real kind of clunky, but uh, I don't know. Well, if they had just done that one simple thing, mm-hmm. that's all. Let's jump ahead then to something that I feel uh, it does right, and that is combat in general. Uh, even oh, though, yeah. McMaster, I can understand your frustration with, with melee and vats, uh, I think overall this is a, a great evolution uh, sort of a step up of, of, of vats. Like I, vats is hugely important oh, yeah. to me uh, after coming from Skyrim, like I, I, I really feel like I, it does the best justice to Bethesda games is having that kind of quasi-turn-based system, um, and I really like what they've done here with, with critical hits, uh, and I, I love that it doesn't pause the game outright. There's still this tension of things are moving super slowly. Uh, for the most part, that's never going to bite you in the ass. I think there was one time where I still got hit just because... Uh, everything was proceeding at a super slow pace. Um, for all intents and purposes, it pauses. Uh, but I, I really liked going back to Vats. It was so nice to get back into that. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I absolutely love Vats. And I actually really like the combat in the game, even the melee combat. It's just, I, I don't know. It seems like, like I said, I'm sure they have some reason for it or other. But it, it's if you have modeling for hit, physically hitting something with a bullet and making it die in vats, and you could physically hit it with something else and make it die in vats. Right. Now, now um, when you talk about the combat system, the one thing I think is really weird, and you and I somewhat discussed this just personally, was that it's th- that you do not crit outside of that, which is really strange to me, and it's, it's almost off-putting, except for the fact that you can game it so much. Well, you're supposed to, I think. Yeah. Right. That's the whole point. I mean, it's like, you know, of course, one of the big things that game designers like to remove from games is the randomization. And I, I mean, that's one way to do it. I mean, with the exception of some of the luck perks. Well, no, uh, you've got randomization with your percent chance to hit. Like, that's that right there. That's the ra- that's that's entirely random. Like, you know. Well, well uh, yeah, that is. But I mean, just like you don't want to have like 40 random parts of a game. So I think they wanted to take the random out of the crit and, of course, gamify it a little bit more. So I think I think it's interesting. I just kind of – I just kind of – I don't know. I kind of missed just random crits, though. Well, to be fair, McMaster, you kind of missed it because you were pretty late in the game when you emailed me. And you were like, hey, did you know that crits don't work like normal? And I, I had long <laughs> since – I would long since figured that out. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I say that is that sometimes I will hit somebody outside of that and it does a lot more damage than other times. This, I mean, it does happen. Well, is there a damage range, or uh, I guess I'm not... No, because damage is like a fixed number, isn't it? Yeah. I think so, right. Oh, I'll bet I know what's happening, McMaster. It's probably... There's probably location-based damage. Yeah, I'm sure there is, and that's probably... You're probably right. That is what's happening, and they they just, you know, whatever. But it just kind of, like, that's what threw me off initially. Was because, like, you know, sometimes I'd hit somebody and do a lot more damage than other times, and I'd be like, is that a crit? And I couldn't find, like, a, a, a satisfactory answer, so that's when I... McMaster, you know, uh, aim, aim for the head, McMaster. Well, obviously. I would head. love to in VATS, but... <laughs> right. Uh, Nick, what did you think of the combat system? 
I think the combat is a lot better this time around than previous Fallout games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they, you know, they did a good enough job with the real-time combat that it's not horribly frustrating to use. Um, it's probably a little bit of a backhanded compliment, but uh, previous Fallout games, I sort of felt that way, where I was just constantly fighting the real-time combat. Um, and then Vats, I think the the change to Vats, where it doesn't actually stop everything, and you kind of go into slow-mo time, I, I like that a lot. I think it keeps Vats a lot more interesting. Um, along with the the critical being a kind of a you know a power up that you use as opposed to just a random chance thing that pops up i i find vats also is uh it used to be that if you were worried about ammo use you had to use vats to make every bullet count uh i finally feel like in in this case even though you're right nick it's 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 still not as good as like a dedicated shooter it's very good like i feel like i could carefully aim i could take my time uh I was able to play it much more like a conventional shooter and not feel like it was a compromised design. So, yeah. Here's something I don't miss. Uh, although if you told me it was out, I probably would have grumbled. I don't miss weapon wear and tear. Like, I don't God. miss the fact that I have to maintain oh. my weapons and my armor. Yeah. You know, that, I thought that was weird that it wasn't in the game, but it doesn't bother me. Well, <laughs> they do put it with your uh, if you're using power armor, like that degrades, and you yeah. then have to repair that. Uh, but it seems like, by the way, repairing power armor, like I was like, oh god, it's going to be a, a resource sink. Uh, nah. It mainly just uses steel, which I, I've got plenty of. Oh yeah, yeah. Considering all the the rusted cars and the refrigerators I've cleared out, I'm, I'm swimming in steel. So when my uh, power armor degrades, that eh, no big deal. I just repair it pretty quickly. Uh, Wrenches. Wrenches, yeah. I, and wood, too. By the way, do you guys need any wood? I've got lots of wood if you need to borrow some. Oh, oh I bet you do. What? What? Uh, do, by the way, do you guys run around in power armor? What, what's your, how are you using power um, armor? So I, early on, you find a Brotherhood of Steel guy, by the way, and he's like, hey, join me, and I'll give you your own suit of power armor. And I'm all like, dude, yeah. I've had power armor for the last ten missions. Big whoop. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've had it. Power armor since the beginning of the game, jag off. But um, yeah, yeah, but uh, but but his power armor is way better because apparently he never needs to repair it or power it up. Well, okay. there is that deal, and this gets into combat. Let me get back to power armor in a second. But there is that deal, Nick, uh, where you know if you've played Fallout Three, you're super worried about dog meat getting killed. Your companions in this, and it becomes apparent pretty quickly, are indestructible. Furthermore, they have infinite ammo for their default weapon, uh, which I was glad with, by the way, is I don't want to play an escort mission. I don't want to have to pull a guy out of combat, and you know that's one more thing to, to worry about. Uh, so I was fine with them being indestructible, the idea being if they too, take too much damage, they go down and they stop contributing to the battle. Uh, so that's another thing I liked about the combat, is how they folded the companions in without making it just one more thing to worry about. Yeah. You know, that that is actually really nice. Like, uh, that and the fact that, uh, you know, you can have the dog. He's not irritating. And if you don't like traveling with a companion, there's, there's like, a perk for that that makes you more powerful. Ah, right. And, yeah. And also, you know, the dog is pretty awesome. It's good to have a dog, and they don't babble all the time. And for the most part, he doesn't really, uh, you know, do anything except for be helpful and point out secrets. So, 
We know it's also uh, kind of mandatory to have a dog because this is the first game uh, to comply Uh, with the the ESRB. You know, they passed this this new – they're threatening an ND rating. Like previously, if you had a dog, yeah. Yeah, if you had adult material, you would get an AO, adults only, and then retailer chains wouldn't wouldn't carry your game. So basically, if you wanted retail distribution, you had to avoid this AO rating. So their, their latest thing that they're doing to bully developers is they're threatening an ND rating for games that don't have a dog, a no-dog rating. Uh, this is informally known, of course, as the duck hunt rule. Uh, yeah. So devs are scrambling to comply. Uh, with this no dog rating to make sure they get a dog in their game. Like for instance, you'll note in Need for Speed, the, the last the reboot that EA just released, uh, like you don't have a dog companion because you don't want a dog in the car with you. You know, to, like shedding on your Lamborghini's nice interior. So right. in, instead, in all the races, they just have dogs chasing your car. Uh, ah. So right. Yeah. Have you guys seen like other games trying to comply with the ND rating? Uh yeah, you know uh the new uh the new Guitar Hero they're they're planning a Van Halen expansion uh where Eddie Van Halen has a dog with him like all the time. Oh, that's live, sweet. Live action stuff, you know. Do they do they know what oh. kind of have they cast the dog yet? Do they know what kind of dog will be playing his dog? Uh no, I've heard rumbles of a uh, pit bull. Ah, that's a that's a bold choice. That's a bold, bold choice. Yes. Yeah, manly. Yeah, Nick, have you seen any uh, indie compliance in any games you've seen lately? Well, I know the next Tomb Raider, the return of the Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. um, they're supposed to have a dog now with Laura. So all the horrible, horrendous deaths with Laura uh, now will feature also a dog getting impaled on rebar. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, my. Well, yeah, but, it, but I mean, it's part of the deal, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a dog in a Tomb Raider game, it's got to suffer the same in solidarity with, with Lara, Laura, Laura, Laura. Uh, it, it's got to suffer the same gruesome deaths. Yeah, that's what, what a way to really pull at your heartstrings, though. Like old Yeller style. At every okay. trap, you get an old Yeller style death every time there's like a, a pit with spikes or a rolling boulder. Yeah, very nice. Uh, the Star Wars Battlefront, I don't even know if you guys have tried it yet. Uh, EA eventually, they, they, they at first were trying to make a claim that Chewbacca was a space dog. Uh, oh. But the ESRB sent that back. They wouldn't let it pass. Uh, so now they're claiming that that little co-pilot that, uh, that flies with Lando Calrissian. I don't know. Oh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're calling him a space dog, specifically a, a space basset hound. Uh, and mm. so that's how they got around the Indy rating. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Uh, you yeah. know what's weird is I read that. Um, I mean, this this is pretty far under wraps, so I might be getting in trouble for this. But I I, I saw somewhere that the new Madden's going to have a dog uh, feature that on occasion you'll just get attacked by a dog running down the field. Oh, that's sweet. That's it, yeah. yeah. That's kind. Of, now maybe the dog just wants to play, McMaster. Are you sure it's attacking you? <laughs> well, I think it. Uh, I think it depends on your charisma rating. Oh, like it's your player's stat. It folds into the stats. Sure. Right. Right. Sure. So, uh, how do you guys feel? By the way, this isn't the same dog meat as Fallout Three. Like we're we're not supposed to believe he came from from the other coast, from California to Boston, are we? So it's, it's like a different dog, right? Fallout Three is not in California. It's in Washington D.C. No, but from Oh no no! But wasn't Dogmeat in? Oh no, Dogmeat wasn't in New Vegas. Yeah, oh. yeah. Dogmeat dog was in. Um, yeah. So he didn't have to travel that far. So is this maybe the dog just moseyed up from DC? There's another crossover character too, but yeah, yeah, I think so. No, is it the same dog? Like a German Shepherd? That was the that was Dogmeat from Fallout Three. 
I'm pretty sure that the dog meat from Fallout 3 is dead. Yeah, because you know what? Yeah, pr- pr- in most games. Yeah, <laughs> nobody yeah. kept that freaking dog alive. Right? I was going to say, certainly in my game, he didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, no. There was not much you could do. I guess all dogs in the post-apocalypse should be named dog meat. And go to hell. Uh, so, uh, let's see, so com- so at any rate, combat, we think it does right. The power armor, uh, let me ask you guys, are you just running around wearing power armor the whole time? Uh, no, it is a big part of my build, build uh, but I kind of use it sparingly. You know, to be honest with you, I should probably wear it more, because I have like a thousand fusion cores at this point, so uh, I could probably wear it forever. And Nick, what are you doing with your power armor? I don't ever wear it. I wore it for, I think, two missions. I think you will find... So so uh, later in the game, I don't want to spoil anything. I've gotten all the way through the storyline. But there are some points later in the game where I think you really need to have the power armor on. Uh, and there are <laughs> even things they do to... There are things they do to encourage you to wear the power armor, and then you realize certain missions will be way easier if you're wearing the power armor. Uh, but it's kind of weird to me that you can put mods on the power armor that do things like improve your charisma, as if you're going to be wearing the power armor when you go to shop with a vendor or something. Uh, so it's it, I kind of wonder if they want you to wear power armor all the time. Also, I don't know if you know this, McMaster, uh, the fusion cores don't deplete unless you do vats or sprint. Like, if you're just yeah. walking around, your fusion core will last forever, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, and you can fast travel easily in those things. That's usually what I do. Is like, if I think I'm coming up on like a tough mission, I will go to a nearby landmark, fast travel, get it, and fast travel back to the landmark, so I don't have to yeah, wear and, it all the time. And it, but it, you know, I mean, it gives I you that great icon, by the way. Oh, sorry, go ahead, McMaster. But I wear it constantly because of melee. Because you you're going to get murdered. The strength boost, uh, the, the damage resistance, that probably helps a lot in melee, right? The damage mostly. Uh, I'm playing on, well, I was playing on very hard, switched it to survival, and then ended up like uh, realizing that I wouldn't get the trophy because I didn't start on survival, so I went back to very hard. Uh, I don't so. think there's a trophy, McMaster. No. Well, I should just go back to survival, then. That's what happened. No, no, there's no trophy for survival. There's no trophy related to... You know what? I was told this. I hope I'm not mistaken. I was told there's no trophy related to difficulty levels. Huh. I don't think there is. Yeah. So, no, I mean, there might not be. So, McMaster, just crank it down to very easy. Nah, no, I... <laughs> it's like... But it's not very hard on very hard. You know what I mean? It's like there's something... I, I don't I don't know. They have the strangest way of trying to determine difficulty. Well, let's jump into one of the things that I feel it does wrong, and that is the difficulty level. So partly because I always feel that if you are going to make a game harder, there should be some incentive to do it, even if it's something dopey like a, a, an achievement. Uh, mm. That's not here. The, the incentive they offer for you to play on the harder difficulty level is a higher rate of drops for legendary items. Um, right. But you can change difficulty freely at, at any time. Uh, so I was playing on survival like you, McMaster, for the same reasons that you were playing on very hard, McMaster, is because I wanted, I figured there would be an achievement for finishing the game on, on survival. Uh, when I realized there wasn't, I just dropped it down to normal, stayed there, never looked back. Uh, <laughs> and there were still plenty of like challenging moments. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like you know that it's the developer's job to tune a game to sort of offer a, spe- a baseline difficulty level, and if you want to alter that a little bit, 
uh, feel free. But I feel in this game, when you're playing on the harder difficulty level, it, 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 it does a weird thing with the economy where you have to spend that many more bullets, that much more ammo to kill things. So the game suddenly becomes about ammo management. And, yeah. and one of the things that's that's distinct now from the last Fallout is you cannot craft ammo. Ammo is something you you get from dead bodies. There's plenty there. Uh, but you also buy from vendors. Uh, and if you don't have ammo for your favorite gun or guns, you just can't use them. So when you're playing on the harder difficulty levels, it's all about taking away your favorite guns. And I feel like that's a huge that's – a, that's a terrible thing to do when the game is even more challenging. If the game is more challenging, I should be even more encouraged to make a good gun that I can use frequently. Uh, and also just being able to change the, the difficulty on the fly, there's then no challenge with, for instance, a tough battle. Is you just reload. When you get killed, you, come, you zap back in. You just crank it down to very easy. You plow through it. Uh, it's almost like they're building in console commands with a god mode, and I, that just really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, so I feel the difficulty level was a huge problem for me. I feel like Bethesda didn't do the work of tuning the gameplay very well. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're always like that, though. You know, like, the Skyrim was like that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that none of them, like, you have to mod Skyrim to make it like an interesting survival game. Bioware games uh, are like that. I mean, but but at least in, in Skyrim, I think in Skyrim, in Fallout New Vegas, in Bioware's games, at least there's that incentive with the achievement. I mean, I don't True. ask I don't ask for much. Just give me an achievement for playing on the harder difficulty. <laughs> now, now I will uh, I will go ahead and say this uh, to all those who mock my melee. I don't give a damn about ammo. I sell it all for one cap each and make a fortune. <laughs> oh my God, McMaster, you have a good point. Uh, doesn't isn't there like a steam hammer? Does that use ammo? I don't think I've used it, but no, uh, I've I haven't seen a uh, melee or fist weapon that uses ammo yet. Oh man, McMaster, you might have uh, you might have found the, the the virtue of melee builds. Nice. Oh hey, well, the yeah. chainsaw thing. Oh, yeah, the chainsaw thing. Surely you've got to use uh, – well, although gasoline is a resource for the settlements, I don't know that it's ever used for ammo. Uh, flamer fuel, maybe? Does that work for the chainsaw, McMaster? It might be flamer fuel. I, I actually don't have the chainsaw. I have a uh, legendary baseball bat uh, oh, that well. <laughs> reduces – it reduces my um, AP cost uh, 40%. And it's slow. And then I modded it, so it does a ton of damage, and I can swing like six times each VATS with it. So and it doesn't funny. even use ammo. Jeez, McMaster. Yeah, what are you complaining about the VATS melee system for? You don't care. I just – it's really – like I said, it's mo more of a nitpick, honestly. It just kind of bugs me that I can't, like, say, oh, I want to swing a bat at a dude's head or at his legs or something instead of, like, well, I'm just going right. to swing a bat at his mass. And hope it hits something good. You know, I don't know. It bugs me. Nick, tell us about your character build. What are you basically? What what, what solutions are you applying to combat and whatnot? So it's uh, mostly pistols for me and light armor. Lots of sneaking around. Ah, the stealth build. All right. Uh, and how are you finding that? Um, it's actually pretty good. It's good. Um, the the only thing that threw me off at first, I'm playing on the PC, is uh, if you use the keyboard. There's you just uh, default you run all the time, which uh, Nick, I, I, have, I, have, I have two words for you, Nick. Uh, caps lock. <laughs> Do you know what caps lock t toggles whether you run or walk? 
we're toggles between run and walk. Yeah. But but the other solution, of course, is just plugging in a controller. Oh, <laughs> that's a good solution as well. Yes. Uh, so here's something that drives me crazy with, with not with melee per se, but when you have a gun and you try to bash something, you know, you tap the alt key. The alt key is also used to throw a grenade. So many times oh, yeah. in combat, I'm just spazzing out because there's, you know, a, there's, a, there's a ghoul on me or something. And I uh, go to bash it with my rifle, which is normally what you would do when a ghoul jumps at you. Uh, and instead, I throw a grenade into it uh, and we both die. I, I sort of suicide with a grenade to kill a ghoul. Uh, and then reload. So, does a controller alleviate that problem at all, Nick? Or do you even have that problem? Is that just me? No, the controller does the same thing. It's the same. Uh, it's the same shoulder button for um, the bash or the uh, hey, go ahead and plant a mine at your feet. Right, right, exactly. Whatever, whatever, like ex- whatever explosive you have equipped ties into the melee button. That's a nice, nice thinking, Bethesda. Good work. That's great. How about this one? Do you guys, do you guys like this? You're going to reload your gun, uh, and instead you uh, you somehow call up the transfer all dialogue from like a, an empty corpse. That's always a fun one. Uh, you know what I'm not used to is I, I, I and I really like this. This isn't one of the good things I listed for myself, but uh, like the 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 way looting is done, I like that. Oh my you god, you're I mean? right. Yeah, that's such a quality yeah. of life improvement is not having oh. to actually open and wait for the opening animation right. for every chest and cupboard and toolbox. Yeah, right. That that's really great. The only problem with it is that I am so like Pavlovian like response of closing everything just like automatically. That I constantly bring up my damn pit boy. All right. Uh, I do it like all the time because I'm like, okay, I'm looting fast, blah blah blah, and then I'm yeah, every time. I'm hey, I, I I do it every time. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I just I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so McMaster, we have you down. One of the things you feel it does wrong is that's melee. What's something that you feel it does right? Oh wow. Okay, so. There's a one of the things I think is just like the small touches in the game, and these are just like a couple of things real fast I want to hit on. Um, the super mutant dialogue, as always, is awesome. You know what? Those aren't uh, super mutants. Those are orcs. They're not tricking uh, me. Or, the or, okay, the orc dialogue is awesome. Uh, the uh, stupid lady or whatever you right, know, right. and they're tra- you know, it just kills me. Uh, I was watching a friend of mine play, and he had found a hard hat and put it on. He was on a construction site. Ended up talking to a robot, and the robot's like, "Thank you for having hard hat compliance." Nice. That was awesome. They do an amazing amount of context specific dialogue, and I noticed yes. that specifically with the companions. Uh, yes. I remember traveling with a, a companion, uh, the the awesome I- Irish chick, uh, and just yeah. walking through a puddle, and she makes some comment, or it's like a flooded basement or something, and she makes some comment about having to get her shoes wet, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so." That's so cool that they they thought here's here's something that Kate is gonna say when you're standing in water. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. like uh, for instance, yeah, I have Kate following me now. Uh, my overall favorite is Nick Valentine, but I, I've already finished his quest and I kind of wanted to move on. So uh, with Kate, I, I went to uh, Diamond City, and she's she goes over to like the noodle shop and starts like cursing at the robot because he won't give her a drink and stuff like that. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, and stuff like the, the little in jokes and the, and the goofy stuff, like, you know, there's like a cheers bar 
you know, like where there's a couple of dudes when I was wearing a postman out, you know, uniform sitting at the bar and like in the CIT, there's like goodwill hunting reference. Like, That's what you know what I didn't I found a postman uh, uniform and I assumed it was like a reference to the Kevin Costner movie where he's a yeah. postman in the post apocalypse. It's a cheers reference. I didn't right, catch that. Bar, yeah. Ah. And, uh, and yeah, and like the Goodwill Hunting reference in CIT, did you see that? I don't think I've actually been in that building. Like you have to, you have to relate to it. But I don't. No, I have been in there. Uh, I did yeah. not find. I wouldn't even notice a Goodwill Hunting reference because I actually haven't seen it's, the movie. There's a what? Oh, anyway, whatever. Uh, the, there's a there's a janitor corpse next to a uh, chalkboard with some nice. uh, drawings on it, but. Um, and then there's there was like uh, the fact that when you unlock maglocks, it takes longer. Um, slightly. Are, wait, what are maglocks? I don't. I don't even know like instead of just like door locks. Maybe it's some stupid thing with my system, but it's like every time I unlock like one of the magnetic locks, it takes longer to do it than it does the other locks in the games. I don't even know what a magnetic lock is. Is it just because I've had Kate unlocking everything? No, it's you know, it's just like uh, it's nothing special. It's just kind of like a, a detail touch, really. Like instead of a regular lock, it's like a magnetic lock that, so it takes a little bit longer for it to unlock. I guess was, okay. and, and maybe that's just me imagining it, or something screws up in my game every time it's a damn mag lock. But anyway, finally, it, it might be a CIT thing, by the way. Like maybe that's where they are. Uh, so, by the way, McMaster, I wanted to say, you mentioned Cheers. That hadn't occurred to me because, again, that's something I've, I've never seen. Uh, I was a little puzzled at the Boston setting. Like, why would you set a game in Boston? Because to me, Boston means only three things. Uh, there are these quaint recollections about American history and the Revolution and all that, and they, they, they express that with the Minutemen, this group right. that, that uh, governs the settlements and whatever. Uh, like, for instance, that, uh, that uh, Preston Garvey fellow – most boring right. companion ever. Why would you ever bring that guy? He just has a funny hat, and that's about it. Actually, his hat isn't even that funny. He's kind of useful in certain situations, but he is boring. So. When is he useful? Like, what does he do? Because I, I guess I had him for one mission, and I was like, forget you, I'm bringing the dog. Uh, isn't he, like, uh, God, what is his ability? I'm trying to remember. Uh, he, he does, uh... Well, I guess early on, too, if you want a, to bring a ranged companion rather than a dog, like, he's your only choice, so... Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember it, what his bonus is, uh, but he has, you know, they all have different perks and stuff. Right, so I guess well, you have, to get, you have to buddy up with them first. McMaster, right. tell me the truth. Did you do the romance option with Preston Garvey? Uh, Nick is gone. No, I know. We, so, unfortunately, we've lost Nick Diamond. He's been having connection issues. Uh, so, all we have for him is one of the things he feels it does wrong is the intro. Uh, we can get from him his other rights and wrongs later. But, Master, we'll just have to plow ahead, you and I. Uh, all right. So, it sounds to me like you're avoiding the question of whether or not you're in love with Preston Garvey. I'm a little bit in love with him. All right, fair uh, enough. Yeah, I mean, who, he's, a, he's a powerful, powerful man. Yeah. Well, so that's that's the Boston setting to me. It does three things, like I mentioned. So it does the quaint American history stuff, whatever. Uh, it does the thuggery from South Boston, which you see in mm -hmm. movies like, like The Town or Black Mass. I'm not even sure if they play with that here. Uh, and the other thing it does is, is uh, Ivy League higher learning, like MIT or Harvard. Uh, right. they, they do kind of play with MIT. I, I like what they do with that, how it folds into the story. Um, oh, I guess Fenway Park, too. Like, is yeah. it, Which, by the way, they can't call it Fenway Park. Right. Yeah, they, they, I guess, don't have the rights for Fenway Park. 
Uh, that is such an uh, that's such an awesome setting though. Uh, the only problem I have with that setting though is it is Megaton. I mean, it basically is Megaton. I guess so. Yeah. Well, it well it doesn't seem as I guess it does have like the the stuff in the stands around. I was gonna say it's not as like vertical as Megaton, but yeah, there are a bunch of. It's not as vertical, but right. like when you go to that one dude's house, it looks like a part of Megaton. Like, almost exactly, because it's all that sheet metal. Right, And you're up on scaffolding. By the way, McMaster, do you know why it's called Diamond City? Uh, You know, what's funny about that is it actually, I'm so dull that I kind of missed it at first when I was watching it. But yes, I do understand why it's called Diamond City. Because I didn't. It took me a while. It wasn't until I saw a picture of a baseball diamond on a wall. I was like, oh, diamond. I get it. Diamond, yeah. It took me a little bit, too, because, like, a friend of mine, we were watching the trailer before the game came out, and it was, like, in Diamond City. And he's like, huh, huh? What do you think? I'm like, what? Oh, Fenway. <laughs> I, I actually thought there might be, like, when you when you hear about it and you eventually get there, I was thinking, oh, there's, like, diamonds hidden underneath it or something. Like, there's a, there's a secret cache of gems. Uh, but no. No, no. In fact, there's a whole bunch of nothing for the most part. Uh, well, there's, and, it's a great, it's a convenient place to to fast travel in and sell stuff, like with the vendors. Yeah. Uh, and and Nick Valentine, I like Nick Valentine. I don't know. So that's another weird. So that's what I was bringing up. The Boston setting is, I don't understand why they're forcing in this weird Philip Marlowe, Sam Spade character <laughs> in there. Like that makes no sense to me. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's not supposed to, but I think of the, those characters are very West Coast. You know, Sam Spade, I think, was San Francisco. Phil Marlowe's very L.A. Raymond Chandler was right in there. Uh, I don't understand why we have a, a, a classic Private Eye character. I guess I really hadn't thought about it, but did you do his quest? I did not. I was not fond of bringing it. I basically was Kate all, all the time. Uh, um, his quest is pretty awesome. Uh, that actually is one of the more interesting... Okay quest in the game uh to me okay. i mean yeah. i haven't done all of them obviously right. but uh yeah that one is uh that one's really cool um but yeah I th- you know you're right I, I mean that totally is like it's 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 not like you know whatever chinatown or la confidential or this maltese falcon or whatever right. would be yeah yeah what is a noir character in the northeast yeah why do we have a noir character in boston of all places and i i'm i'm guessing they just thought hey there's something cool we'll throw in the game uh, yeah, that's probably he would actually fit in more. Yeah, Chicago to the West Coast, right. anywhere in there. But um, he's he's interesting. Uh, you know, it's the Boston setting is is something I like about it. Uh, that's one of the good things. And I guess to me, it's personal because my family is from there and everything. But on top of that, it also I like what they did with the setting because a bomb didn't directly hit it. If you know what I mean, you right. know, like it's, you know, the the crater, of course, is off the map or whatever, like not, you know, like you can see it on the edge of the map, the big blast area, but it's not like part of the main game. So like you, you have all this mostly untouched area. I mean, obviously still radiation and fallout, but it's not blown to hell. Like it doesn't, it's not the brown gray drab. Which is it, like all the other stuff that they've they've kind of done has been, which it makes me super happy. You know, there are times I'm in the city, and it reminds me almost of like uh like when Half Life Two first came out, and how cool City Seventeen looked. Uh, 
It reminds that... me of Mass Effect for some reason. But yeah. Ew, gross. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see certain parts of that. Yeah, sure. But but you're definitely right. It doesn't have that that typical Fallout brown or gray, does it? Like it, it right. does. It feels more vibrant. Yeah. And it's like Boston. I guess I like the setting so much because there's been so much history there. You right. know, it, it, like American history, it's what, what easily the, the oldest or one of the oldest parts of the country. So, and it's got all the you know you hear about MIT, you think catacombs. You hear about you know all these different places. You can think about you know the the, the different cool stuff involved, uh, and the fact that it is kind of an interesting city. Um, God, there's so much of that. The, the, that game's so big. Oh, there's so much of it I haven't like even touched, and I'm so like is 50 the, hours. Is the Boston setting something that you're calling out as something it does right? Like we were we were gonna go into like a, something that you think it does right. Is that something you'd pick? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I it, just because, like I said, it, for the reasons I gave, it's it's you know it's very populated. It's very old. There's a lot of history there, mm-hmm. so it just kind of gives them like such a great. Uh, working point and the fact it's got so much like kind of harbor area which is interesting yeah right it's always yeah exactly i i kind of you you don't get that i guess in new vegas there's no coast is there yeah no no and that's like the biggest downside to new vegas for me is that it's all desert all the time yeah yeah exactly there aren't many biomes out there are there right no like zero like even in fallout 3 there was like a couple of places that you could do like you know that one area where uh what was the guy's name the super mutant he was grown into the tree from fallout 2 anyway whatever uh (laughs) they had trees and stuff in it at least you could go there and look at a tree every now and then well that's some of the forest areas uh in in fallout 4 are just amazing for just the amount of trees and branches and stuff just again all the detail looks great just like in the cities yeah uh all right McMaster, what's something else so the boston setting you think it does right what's something else you think it does right uh well the thing the, I guess the final thing I have is is just the sheer wait what size. what were your first two so Boston setting the, is the, one the small touches you know like the super okay. mute the hard hats and stuff right uh and uh <laughs> actually which uh, as an aside I, I I was streaming it this weekend and um and because I'm I'm crazy one of the first picks uh, perks I picked was the one that lets you breathe underwater and not take radiation damage and stuff mm-hmm. from water so. I like to put on my power armor and walk across the bottom of the bay uh, and stuff like that. Is there anything down there? Oh, yeah. There's ships and stuff down there. Yeah, there's some pretty cool stuff down there. Um, So I like one of the funniest things that happened and one of the craziest, like, only in Fallout kind of things that happened was I was walking and uh, I I guess I, I, I get near a bridge and all these piers and I hear just, like, all hell breaking loose, like, above water. And uh, there's one of those like vertebrate things the Brotherhood of Steel uses flying around, mm-hmm. and it gets shot down. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's like this huge flash, and I take a bunch of damage. And I'm like, "What the hell?" And I look, and the damn thing landed on me. Yeah, vertebrate crashed on you, haha. And then the funniest thing was like, you know, of course, I, all the raiders stopped fighting. But I and and here's the great thing about the Fallout. Uh, I used a. Uh, to me, I like to imagine that I come then slowly creeping out of the water in my Brotherhood of Steel, like power armor, just like clong, 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 and kill each and every one of them. I, I do like those emergent battles. It's really cool yeah. to see that sort of – or just to like hear off in the distance the – 
the like distant gunfire, and to know yeah. that that's not just ambient sound. You know, there's a battle going on somewhere. Uh, or like when you see the flashes from like a mini nuke. Yeah, like, yeah. like uh, that one. Th- like you see whatever like like long range missiles or something coming. In. It's like the the craziest things. Uh, or like when the Pride one first uh, shows. Whoa, up. whoa, 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 whoa! Careful. Oh, that's not. You don't think so? Because man, that moment was so awesome. I would have, uh, I would have been so bummed if someone spoiled that for me. And unfortunately, yeah. people who haven't reached it probably have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, right? It's pretty early, though. I would, I was, to me, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on how much you've done. I, I've, I've spent so much time, McMaster, uh, faffing around with settlements, though. I did too, actually, and it took me forever to figure out how to build something cool looking, but I did. Well, that, that's one of the things that I feel it does wrong. Actually, you know what? I have that down as something it does right and something it does wrong, and that's and that's the settlements. So let's talk about that. Uh, you finally you said you built something cool. What did or something? What did you say? Something cool looking? What What did you build? Because to me, it's so ugly. Like, like yeah. why why can't I build a nice looking house after two hundred years? Why am I making these shacks and hovels? Why can't that I make something good. with a nice painted wall, for instance? Uh, yeah, you know, that is a good question. Uh, I guess, like, when I say cool, I guess it's because the first things I made with it I feel look so horrible that um, that anything was an improvement. But I just didn't really understand that that there was, like, so much more in the regular walls than there was in the prefabs, mm-hmm. uh, you know? Uh, so I was trying to use mostly prefabs at first just to kind of like, hey, you can make a quick house this way. But they really don't have prefabs for, like, 90% of the stuff that you can do with the rest of it. So eventually I built, like, this three-story tower. Uh, it's pretty big, and it's uh, got kind of a disco in the basement. But uh, up top I put a couple of um, artillery things, and um, it's a huge lookout. And, uh, yeah, it's it, – I mean, that's pretty neat, you know, but uh, it does – it's true. You do kind of build just a bunch of wacky looking shacks and shit, though. And it's hard. It's really poorly documented too. Like, there's no. It does. It really doesn't play you in with a helpful tutorial. Uh, it just kind of throws you in, and huh. it sort of it sort of shrugs. Like, for instance, McMaster, have you figured out how to make sure that you can reach that you can get all of your resources in 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 any given settlement? Like, do you know how to do that when you go to a new settlement where you don't have to hump over all the new resources to build there? Do you know how to connect settlements? Oh, uh, you have to have a charisma of six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to set up the, the supply that's, lines. Which that's that's one of the things I listed as bad for me was that they actually they gated a part of the game that they apparently spent a you know a fair amount of time working on behind a six in charisma. <laughs> you know, could you imagine? Like, could you imagine? Still- yeah, could you imagine not having that? Like having to walk back and forth. With oh, all I do. Stu- oh, I don't you, have you don't have the six charisma. Oh, no, no, I didn't because I was like, I, I want to be able to live. <laughs> hard Master, don't, yeah, don't use your don't use charisma as a dump stat. Like what you're you're missing out on all these awesome dialogue options. Oh, my God. Actually, you're not. You were not, by the way. Like that's uh, the thing. It's like, oh, what are they doing? That's the other bad thing was the dumbed down dialogue options. But then, like, if you combine that with the fact. To use one of the large portions of their game, you have to have six charisma. It's a little irritating. Right. <laughs> like you can't build stores without it. You can't uh, build new workbenches without it. 
Uh, by the way, I could build stores. I've been able to do it all along because you know when you make a Sarah Palin type character, you want to boost. You want to put a lot of points into charisma mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. But I have no idea how to use the stores. I have no idea. I've built them. I've assigned settlers to them. I then walk up to try to buy or sell something. Nope, they're not having any of it. Uh, huh. And I oh, guess yeah. it's like the power conduits. Like it took me forever to figure out how to power. Something. Wait, a store needs power? No, no, I'm just talking oh. about the buildings itself. Like oh, right, right. Power lights and random yeah, the, electronics. Those stores definitely no, don't need power because if you if you've no. seen them, they're just like the in Peanuts, you know, where Peppermint Patty is a psychiatrist. She has that doctor is in sign. It just is one of those little lemonade stand looking things. Uh, right. So I I can't figure them out. So McMaster, I'm going to need you to figure that out for me. Well, I'm gonna. I will probably do it on my next character because I'm certainly gonna freaking build it up this time i just like if they had any other reason other than like you can talk a couple of dudes into giving you something you know ahead of time or something then fine but jesus yeah i don't understand the incentive behind the settlements i mean there's a point in the story where you need to have a bunch of resources if you've been doing settlements you've probably got some of them or you can scrap stuff to make the to to get the resources uh but otherwise i and i didn't understand this early on all that stuff seems optional. Like, there's no reason to to spend too much time or resources in these settlements, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I haven't, other than my main. You know, I, right, I've right. Like, you do your main one as a place to store stuff, as a place for crafting. Yeah. Uh, you know, may, I don't know. You know, do you want to get the population high? It's the main one. I don't see the advantage of it as long as you've got the basic necessities there, the the basic amenities. Uh, yeah, I've got like ten people there. That's just because I was trying. Uh, so McMaster, if they add co-op, uh, when when we play, I'm gonna need you to clear out all this brush. Uh, and oh yeah, yeah, I'm on that. So McMaster, those old tires there, that ruined house, those rusted cars, just clear all that stuff out, okay? Uh, all right. Then when you're done with that, I'm gonna need to put you on supply line duty, okay, McMaster? Oh, that sounds good. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, you don't have to get a six charisma at that point. I can just carry everything for you. Right. That's a great idea. So, McMaster, I'm going to need you to run back up to Sanctuary Hills and get me uh, – I'm going to need one adhesive, two gears, one cloth, 57 steel, and a fiber optics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Do you need me to write that down for you? No, no. I got it. Okay. Tell it back to me. Tell it back to me what you're getting. Fiber optics. Oh, and you forgot all the other ones. Oh, okay. I'll write it down for you. <laughs> Now, when you get back, get back from that, McMaster, I'm going to need you to wash down my power armor, okay? And this time, oh, yeah. I need you to give it a good buff. When you did it last time, it just didn't have that shine. So work on that buff, okay? What are you, Biff Tannen, for God's sake? McMaster, we're playing co-op Fallout 4. This is just how it's going to play, you know? Yeah. McFly! Now, McMaster, you're probably, let's go adventuring. I know you've, you've been doing a lot of work. So when we go adventuring, mostly I just need you to draw fire, okay? Oh, I'm good at that. So here, uh, now I've got some – here, let's trade. I'm going to open this window. Okay, McMaster, wear this green dress. gives you plus two right. charisma. And wear uh, this uh, this fedora. gives you plus one charisma. I need you to wear this in case we have a dialogue or in case we have to buy or sell something, okay? You got it. <laughs> now, while we've got the trade window open, let's see. Okay, here, you give me that assault rifle. Now, here, you take – this is a cool weapon, McMaster. I got it off of uh, – of a super mutant. This is a yeah. cool weapon. Uh, it tried to rush me with this. You use this. It's called a board. All right. Okay. So now you can I, also. I uh, had a. I found something called the Furious Board. 
No, if, if <laughs> oh no no, if we find that McMaster, I'm gonna need it. Just take it. Okay. A, a regular board is good for you. <laughs> Pawn's good for me. Yeah. I also found uh, here's a pipe pistol. I found this in a dumpster. You can use this mm-hmm. in case here and have uh here's 15 rounds of ammo. I mean you know what? You don't you don't need 15. 10 is plenty. Give me back five of those. Okay, good. All right, there we go. We let's go adventuring in co-op, McMaster. Co-op Fallout 4. Uh, yeah. That would be awesome. You know, and it's like what the problem I have overall is that like charisma, the perks aren't that great, but luck is amazing. You know, it's kind of like they tried to make both of those stats like really worthwhile this time, and they succeeded on one of them. I didn't. I so I yeah, I did very little with luck, and I I like the perks in that. At first, they're not that amazing, but you can level them up. Like, the perks have multiple stages. Yeah. They're gated by your level, which is fine with me. But I've really enjoyed the character build this time. Like, And I like how they associate each perk with a stat. Um, well, I do, too. I just kind of like the, the Charisma 6 thing really bothers me. Right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, no, I like that as well. Uh, it's just like, I, don't, I just don't like the forced Charisma. Um but yeah, luck, they actually did a really good job with. Um, you know, because that's where Grim Reaper Sprint is. What, what is Grim Reaper Sprint? Well, in the last game, Grim Reaper Sprint uh, gave you a chance that when you killed somebody, uh, it refilled your uh, action points and vats. Mm-hmm. Um, in this game, uh, at level one, uh, any kill you have has a 15% chance to restore all action points and vats. Uh, so, you know, of course you can level it up to get it to about 35%, and, uh, you know, it also can refill your critical meter. Um, but it just makes it like you just, con- you can constantly kill if you get it going right. So, McMaster, you, you're, you're calling out a great thing in the luck, uh, branch of the stats. How about, McMaster, if you point your gun at a lower level creature and it fights for you? What do you think of that? Don't you wish that's not under luck? Don't you wish your charisma was high enough for that now? Well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I finally have my bloat fly following me around. No, that is that's cool. Like there are several cool things. Like uh, you could get like a death claw with that in theory, etc. Um, it, it does, but you're but, right. It does require sort of digging into that tree a little bit. But that's one of the things that I. I enjoy a good character build in an RPG is there's these cool lurking bonuses and, and abilities that you'll eventually get. Uh, like, I really like oh, it. Yeah. I really like dinging up in this. Like, I love when I get, ooh, I get a new perk. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah, like a too. notable moment for me. I, I quite like leveling up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know, stupid crit. So, McMaster, if you're, if you're like a melee character, you've got to have a high strength. Do you not have... Yes. Like, I'm constantly having to, to mess with my inventory. Do you just carry everything you want and just have no issue with, like, multiple weapons and carting junk around? For the most part. Uh, you know, you eventually have to offload stuff. But my guy can carry, like, 300. And um, Oh, that's no big. I can I carry, just, like, 250, 300. Pfft. McMaster, how, I'm probably as strong as you are. That's, that's a good point. Um, but, uh, you know... It, Really, it comes down to most of the stuff I'm carrying is food, actually, because I, you know, he takes so freaking much damage doing melee uh, that I'm constantly just eating. Right, and uh, I, I like yeah. I like too how the different food will give you different bonuses. Like there, are, it's not always yeah. just hey, this food heals up this many hit points. A lot of times, it's hey, this kind of creature's meat 
is going to give you plus one agility for an hour. Like, I wow. love those kind of bonuses. So they, I yeah, love how much really cool. it's like it gives each kind of meat a different literal, like, flavor, gameplay flavor, which I really like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. And one thing I really enjoy, sure, is that, you know, yeah, you, you have to kind of. I guess you can go mid-range and everything, uh, stat-wise, but you really do have to kind of, like, pick and choose, because you certainly can't just do everything like you usually could. Well, that, too, like, I I seem to recall in the previous Fallouts, actually raising an attribute was super rare. Uh, Here, you can always spend a point when you level up to raise an attribute, and a lot of times you'll see something really cool farther down the, the perk tree that you want. So you'll start dumping points into that attribute, and I like how it, it lets you chase better perks that might, might normally be locked off in another game. Uh, I like oh, that yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, you know, of course, being like uh, obsessive about characters and stuff, I'm already kind of like got the you know the first couple of points you already easily have planned. So you know, if you want to go for lockpicking, which is better than science, you. It, on average, you would put three in perception because, you know, the perception bobbleheads really close to the beginning of the game. In fact, it's almost impossible to miss. They definitely uh, they definitely walk you past a few things. I'm kind of aware of sometimes something really cool happens or I find something and I think, oh, wait, everybody's going to get this because Bethesda breadcrumbed me to this. Like, there's no way you could miss it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you, I mean, the special book as well. Um, What's the special book? See, I didn't know about this either, all right? So, you know, at the beginning of the game, when you're in the house and you look down and there's like a, hey, your special book next to your baby crib or whatever. Well, when you come back, that special book is still in the room. And if you pick it up, it lets you put plus one in any stat. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I got that or not. I might have. Yeah, it's just like right at the beginning of the game. So you can kind of plan to go ahead and use that as an extra point when you're building Ah, the right. Perk. Right, exactly, yeah. Hey, we've got a so, free point waiting for you a little ways into the game. Right, right. Right, free point, and then, you know, a point of perception. So it's kind of like, it's easier, you know, if you're going to power game it, you know, you would want to go with perception three, grab that, and then whatever you wanted to, you know, eventually end up with, you would just get the bobbleheads for, or put it at nine, etc. But um, um yeah. McMaster, did you get from the first vault that uh that freeze gun, that cryo gun? Have you got that? No. Have you even seen it? I don't think so. Oh, interesting. So in your starting vault, you know, where mm-hmm. you uh, where you wake up, there's a cryo gun locked behind I don't know if it's a lock picking or a hacking thing, probably both. Uh and that your character even has a little uh, uh sound bite says so I'm like, hmm, I'll have to come back and get that later. Uh Huh. I should go back and get that. I keep forgetting about it, and I've got—you know what—I've got—I've got plenty of great weapons. I don't even need it anymore. Yeah, I—I I, you know, since this is my first playthrough, I, I did science and block picking. Um, so, but well, yeah. why are you bothering? Because once you find Kate, who who is so awesome, she like picks all your locks for you. Don't waste points in lock picking. Just bring Kate with you. Oh well, yeah, I can now. That's one way to make her like you, though, is lock picking. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Or also just kind of be don't be super nice to everyone. She she enjoys that as well. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Um, Valentine is the science one. He can do all the the hacking. Oh right, right, right. Well, so, yeah. So I went charisma and intelligence. So I'm hacking things just fine. And by the way, McMaster, I am so good at that hacking little uh, 
like scramble game or whatever that word game you play. So if you ever need help hacking, just let me know. I can work it out for you. All right. Uh, but so Kate, uh, like she's such a cool character. I love the voice actresses, Irish Lilt. Um, I love how feist, how feisty she is, and she certainly got the hot redhead thing going. Uh, so I had I've had her as my companion most of the time. Also, it means I can get into pretty much anything that's locked, which is great because I'm not wasting points in lock picking. Uh, and and then she becomes your friend. You know, you reach two stages of friendship. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one, they basically say. You know, hey, I'm going to tell you this story, and, and then you realize, okay, that's the first level of them liking you. Uh, and then the second level of them liking you, you're going to unlock a special perk with them. Uh, right. So so I reached that with Kate. Um, and then at the top of the little dialogue, Rosetta, there's four options, I guess, uh, was it said in, in yellow text, meaning, hey, this is a persuasion challenge. So if you pass it, you get experience points. It said in yellow text, flirt question mark <laughs> so i'm inclined anytime i see that yellow text is yeah i'm gonna go for it to see if i can get the xp mm-hmm. so i flirted with kate i feel dirty i i was happy just keeping it platonic but now she's saying things to me like like she's calling me lover and stuff which i you know that's nice <laughs> that's cute but i feel a little weird like i was just doing it for the xp and i accidentally started the, the little romance thing and, and I just feel like, you know, I feel like I shouldn't have done that. Is there any way to walk it back down or to tell her, hey, let's let's just have a professional working relationship now? You could probably make her dislike you by being nice to people. Oh, right, right. I could do that. You know what? I think it, well, we'll see if that works. Although, actually, McMaster, I've sort of finished the, the game. Oh, well, there's that. So, yeah. uh, McMaster, answer a question for me. Okay. Why... In Fallout games, can I not have a car? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, don't you see all these cars around? And you're like, hey, I should fix up one of these and drive around in the wasteland. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of a good question in a way. Specifically, if you think about the fact that in the, the Fallout universe, everything was atomic, and not electric. Yeah. So actually, that's the gameplay justification in the past, is they've said that uh, these cars were – they were fusion-powered, and there are no, right. more, they're, they're no more like fusion cells to run these cars. But I don't, you said before, I've got about 20 of the things. I, oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, if I can power up power armor, why can't I f- fix one of these fusion cars or, e- or even just a fusion motorcycle? You know, why can't I get these to work? McMaster, explain this to me. Well, I, it's always the same thing that's uh, it's always been, is that uh, they want to, of course, use, uh, and, and they're good at it, uh, their environmental storytelling beats. Um, so, you know, of course, you, they don't want you zooming through everything, <laughs> just unlocking the whole right. thing and then fast travel. Also, yeah, I mean, it's clearly it, is that the game needs to be built. Yeah. If you want a vehicle-based game, you've got to build it that way from the ground up, and that was never... One oh, of the no. ways that Fallout worked. I mean, you need like a Mad Max game or Rage, Borderlands. The way Bethesda builds worlds, you mentioned, you know, the environmental storytelling. I think of it as sort of like gameplay density. There's always something to do yeah. over every every rise. You don't want to just drive past all that. Uh, but it always seems weird to me that the rationale that previously I was okay with, hey, we've lost all the fusion fuel for these cars, and now it's something that I'm gathering <laughs> for my power armor. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, those things blow up like there's no damn tomorrow, too. So I've that. noticed that to fatal effect sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Many times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gaming Master, I have a few more nicknames that you can use from this random name oh. generator. Okay, good, good. Uh, slime Tart. <laughs> I like that's like Anna's Tart. Okay, how about, how about Dung Jerker? Do you like Dung Jerker? I like that, yeah. It's kind of sexy. Goat Bag? Goat Bag's good. Dong, dong Eater? Da, wasn't that a Metal Gear game? <laughs> oh, very nice. How about, uh, this also might have been a Metal Gear game. Uh, Fart Singer. Fart Singer? <laughs> I think that's Metal Gear 6. And finally, Master, the last nickname I have for you that was sent in from a, a random nickname generator. Uh, Knob Nipper. Oh, right, finally. Something that gets straight to the core of the matter. Yeah, just consider that the next time you're naming a character in an RPG. All right, so to recap, my things that it did uh, wrong, I thought, were the post-introduction introduction, introduction, uh, the difficulty level, uh, and the settlements, uh, the way they built the settlements into the gameplay. I feel like Fallout 4 didn't really handle those very well. The things I thought it did right... uh, Actually, many things I thought it did right, but three things I wanted to call out in the podcast. The combat... The settlements. Uh, by the way, McMaster, I love how – I wish the settlements mattered more because I love how it gives the scavenging additional meaning. Like, I'll, I'll, for instance, right. I'll know that I need gears and oil for my turrets, so I'll make a point to pick up, like, desk fans and, and, and yeah. fuel cans. Like, like the, the type of – previously in a Fallout game, you just carry everything and it renders down to credits or bottle caps for the most part. Here right. – you're actually looking out, and it even gives you a little interface option to put a magnifying glass by certain things. You're looking out for specific components. So, you know, a desk fan matters. Uh, you know, right. like a, 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 a microscope, for instance. In a lab, I need those fiber optics for my advanced sighting options on weapons. Uh, you know, for, for my settlements, I, I know when I, like I'm needing aluminum now to, to build more advanced right. things. I love having to find this stuff, and I love how it gives the scavenging context and meaning so that that's another thing specifically with the settlements and the crafting that i really really like uh, yeah uh yeah you know i thought that was really interesting too having to find specific things like yeah. uh surgical trays that's the best aluminum aluminum yeah yeah exactly yeah. and also by the way just buying scrap from vendors yeah. like buying yeah. buying what's under the, the shipment the junk heading shipments are way too expensive i that's way too rich for my blood uh. master i'm not i'm not on the the money train with ammo like you uh <laughs> But I, I, I sometimes will go to a vendor specifically to buy old desk fans or to see if they're carrying any oh, microscopes. Sure. Uh, and that, that, that really does capture this post-apocalypse flavor from all these yeah. 80s movies where you've got this hero of the wasteland like looking for junk because he needs it. I, I love how that works, and I love having to buy you know, these doodads oh, yeah. for their components. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like hardware or something. Exactly you know? like hardware. Master, thank you for calling out that movie. Exactly like hardware, where Dylan McDermott comes in from the wasteland yeah. with specific trash. Or like uh, Book of Eli, you know, uh, with his character scrounging for specific stuff and then selling it. I think at one point right. he's, he's selling, like, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken wet naps to, is it Tom Waits? But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's such a classic... A uh, post-apocalypse scene is scavenging the, the the ruins of the old world for for useful stuff, and Fallout 4 really does that right, and I like how they built it into the settlement system. Uh, yeah, then, I think that's really cool. And then finally, my third thing that it does right, which we've sort of touched on, uh, 
just the city, the city geometries and how awesome it looks to play in cities, to fight in cities, to realize, hey, you can get to the top of those buildings and look down on the cities. Uh, I just I just love how this engine does that. It it looks great. So, McGaster, your your three things that you thought it did wrong, the VATS melee, uh, Mm -hmm. gating the supply lines to a Charisma 6. Uh, What what was your third thing? Dumb-down dialogue. Oh, in the dialogue, yeah, because it really it doesn't have that that choice and consequence system that Obsidian did so well in New Vegas, like that. That's conspicuously yeah. missing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's that, and it's like it's not that it's that bad. It, it's still a good game and all that. It's just kind of like you know the fact coupled with the new renewed importance on charisma. It's just kind of like weird to you know have. Like, hey, we worked on making charisma important, but we reduced the amount of stuff you could say drastically. And even, by the way, with my super high charisma, McMaster, I'm, I've been rocking a 10 for a while. Uh, I, I don't find that many special bonuses in, 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 in conversations. And sometimes when I do, it doesn't really go anywhere. I'm like, oh, that's all, that's all you're giving me for talking to this dude with a 10 charisma and the special uh, – Man killer power that gives you a bonus against male characters. I'm like, really? Yeah. That's that's all I get. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a little strange. And it, but so, yeah, that's my favorite. And the things you feel it does right, the Boston setting. Uh, right. Small touches uh-huh. like just the little you know contextual stuff and the making your own story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just the sheer size, because like I said, after 50 hours, I still have tons of map unexplored. You know, uh, it's it's just crazy. It really does, and that's another thing I feel the settlement system does right, is when you finish a storyline in a Fallout game, barring this ham-handed ending they had originally in Fallout 3, where, oh, you're dead, you can't play oh. anymore. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, it, but now, when you finish the storyline, rather than just run around and finish up missions, the settlement stuff actually kind of has gameplay. Like, you, you build up the settlements, right. you defend them. It's kind of this open-ended... You know, they're not all canned missions. You don't that you know, that's not all that's left for you. Here's this gameplay stuff about rebuilding society. Have at it. Like I kind of feel that's one of the functions the settlements serve for all the pain in the ass and for all how ugly they look. At least it gives the game a different kind of open-ended gameplay uh once you finish the storyline. I really appreciate that as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it has a lot more going on. Um it's almost like just mind-boggling how much it has going on in yeah. LA. Because, uh, like, and I'll give you an example. After about thirty hours, I had probably picked up three bobbleheads, and I was like, "This does not seem right. I should probably have more than this." So, I was like, "I don't want to spoil the game too much for me, but I want to see if I missed any by going to any places." So, I looked up just the location names. Not master, like there's a, yeah, there's a word for that. It's called cheating. Oh yes, I know. And okay. I love cheat. But, uh, like, so I looked up just the location names, and I hadn't been to any of them. Like, it, the game is just, like, absolutely huge. Like, you haven't even seen them yet. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. You know, and at 50 hours, I have five. So it's, I'm roughly averaging about one every 10 hours. I don't even know. I, you, that's one of the things I think you can build in a settlement is a display case for all your bobbleheads. Yeah. 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 yeah, I have one. Yeah, just because I didn't want to carry them around or store them or whatever. I was like, well, you it know, looks neat. You know how much those bobbleheads weigh? Oh, tons. Yeah. Zero. Zero, yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, how glad am I, and I guess you since you're using it to make money, that ammo has no weight 
like weightless. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you, Bethesda, for that. That was a that was a nice change. I certainly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That was Fallout Three was like that too. It was it was one hundred percent the Obsidian. Stuff. Oh, like, I didn't realize that. Now in Fallout Three, could you make ammo? Did it have ammo construction? Do you remember? No. Wait. Okay. Yes, but it only came after a uh, DLC. The pit. Ah, okay. Uh, you could. There was an ammo creation station at the pit, and that was, I think, the only place you could do it. All right, all right. I do kind of miss that. Is I liked how ammo fed into the crafting system in New Vegas. Yeah. I, I kind of miss that here, but you know, I'd, I'd rather just be able to carry around scads of ammo and not worry about it. It certainly makes, by the way, scavenging easier. And I love how they organize when you when you look at a dead body. You know, the ammo at top, then the stim packs, then the 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 overalls that you're not going to pick up like you just grab the first right. couple of things and you know when to leave everything lying on the ground i like that right that, that's awesome too yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely so. <laughs> all right well uh so mcmaster those are uh our three things we thought it did wrong three things we thought it did right unfortunately i'm sorry we lost nick diamond former mma middleweight champion nick diamond uh before finding oh. out his other right and wrong things the only thing we felt we got from him that he felt it did wrong uh was the intro uh, so, Internet, jerk, you made us drop Nick Diamond. We had connectivity issues, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, uh, all right, there we go. Uh, thanks for joining us for our Fallout podcast. Uh, McMaster, who uh, we're going to put you down as Jason Knob Nipper McMaster. Oh, yes, I love that one, yeah. Uh, and remember, don't, don't lose that list of stuff I need you to go get me up at Sanctuary Hills. Go grab all those things and get back yeah. with those for me. Cool. Yeah, we'll do. All right, listeners, we will see everyone here next week.